You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? It's your boy, your host, Sosa Kermenjas. As you guys know by now, I'm a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero, the first ever daily fantasy sports book that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash locked on for 300% back on your first play. Welcome to your Wednesday episode here at the Locked On Rams podcast. You guys know how we like to do Wednesdays around here. I got my guy, former host Brad Motter on the other line. And as always, we're going to have some interesting topics to debate today. We're going to begin in the first two segments, breaking down the top four from least intriguing or least interesting to most interesting training camp positional battles. We're going to probably have some overlap here, but we're going to dive into that. And then in the final segment, we're going to begin our new series. We're going to go through every single game that the Rams have on their schedule this season and break them down in depth. And obviously week one is against the Chicago Bears, but we'll save that for the end. My man, Brad, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing good, Sosa. Glad to be back here talking some Rams football. Really enjoyed the podcast over the past uh, early week and ending of last week. Your conversation with Jordan Rodriguez was amazing. And I suggest, and just probably like the rest of your audience, keep bringing her on. That was a good conversation. Two episodes. I got to the end of the first one and I was like, awesome. I get this again on Monday and you guys did a great job. So enjoying it. Absolutely, my man. Thank you. You know, we're going to have to get her back, obviously, during training camp and when the news really starts to pour in. So she's obviously got her eyes there where, you know, I can't have them because I'm in Canada. So I guess we're going to dive into our topics now. And uh, I did mention that we are going to break down these interesting training camp battles. And like I said, we're probably gonna have some overlap here. But there's a handful of positions I think that are up for grabs going into training camp, obviously going into the season. Brad, I'm going to let you have the floor first. Why don't you share your least interesting positional battle that's going to head over into training camp, and then we'll go back and forth. Yeah, man, this is this is a good one, and, and there's so many different directions that you can go um, on this roster from offense to defense. Least interesting, um, I mean, I think for me, I think it's got to be oof, there's there's a couple here, right? Obviously, you're looking at Matt Stafford, John Wolford. That's not interesting. We know what's happening there. I'm going to say uh, least interesting camp battle is going to be the tight end. You know, we're talking a lot about this offense and the line and wide receivers. Um, and Tyler Higby quietly has become the man, the myth, the legend at the tight end spot. Yes, they've drafted two guys in uh, Bryson Hopkins and uh, Jacob Harris over the last two years, but Johnny Munt, uh, Kendall Blanton, those type of that crew behind them really isn't pushing them. But yes, there's still some intrigue for who is tight end number two because we saw the Rams use two tight ends um, and at times going into that 12 personnel and really kind of beefing up that line. So um, Tyler Higby in that group, I think he's the clear favorite. And, and behind him, there's some interest there, but um, not kind of a breaking the headlines type of um, – position battle so Tyler Higby man after all this uh you know handful of years and getting drafted had some big outbursts at tight end and there were some questions of what direction would they go when they had the two tight ends there that's his position to be the leader there I like that breakdown and ironically enough I'm also staying on the offense now not at the tight end spot 
Coming in at number four for me in terms of like the most interesting positional battles here. So the least of the most interesting, I guess you could call it's a little bit confusing. It's got to be wide receiver three for me. I think it feels like, you know, there's not that much competition here simply because I feel like everyone is going to have a very defined role for this spot. Obviously, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are one A and one B, like I've called them at your receiver spot for quite some time now. Wide receiver three is where there's going to be a little bit of a battle, I think. But at the same time, it just feels like everyone's already slotted for their role that no other guy in that lineup or in that potential battle there is going to be able to eat up space from the other guy. You have Deshaun Jackson, who's going to be that vertical guy, take the top off the defense, be the explosive player that the Rams seeked, you know, during this offseason. They talked about trying to get more explosive. So you have that piece now. Behind him, you have Van Jefferson, who is very different from Deshaun Jackson, obviously, and very different from Tutu Atwell, but very similar to Woods and Cup in the sense that this guy's a premier route runner, great hands, can separate with the best of them. You know, he's going to be a very good intermediate to short route running threat, probably a threat in the red zone as well because he can separate so well and has a bigger body. And then behind him, Tutu Atwell, who's unlike the first two, maybe a little bit more similar to Deshaun Jackson, but can he play on the outside like Jackson has over the course of his last, you know, 13 years or however long he's been in the NFL? That's questionable. Is he best in the slot? Is he ever going to be a guy that can play 60 snaps at receiver? Or is he just going to be that guy that's going to be the gadget style weapon this year? We talked about that a lot at this podcast. A lot of jet sweeps, probably some receiver screens, you know, maybe a few shots deep as well, just to kind of confuse the defense a little bit. But feels like all those guys are really, really settled into their roles. Now, Brad, I'm going to give you the floor again. What's your most interesting here? I should say, you know, your third most interesting camp battle going into training camp. Yeah, I'll switch the gears here a little bit. You're right. I maybe misunderstood that a little bit. And I went with a very, very non-interesting battle there to start it out. So let's, let's spice it up here. And you're right. I think uh, the wide receiver group, that's a, that's a good number four. And, and I may even move them up in the ladder here or maybe their honorable mention because there's a lot of interesting pieces there. Not near one or two at the wide receiver, but three, four, five. That's very interesting how that's going to shake out and where those snaps go. But um, I'm going to go with a position that you talked about and love talking about, uh, and that's uh, the slot corner. And that is, you know, looking at who is going to be taking on that role because now that is almost looked at as a starting position on the defense side of the ball, right? Coming in there, obviously we know who our boundary guys are with Darius Williams and uh, Jalen Ramsey, but who is kind of taking in that slot corner role? Uh, You guys talked on the podcast with Jordan Rodriguez, which we talked about earlier, Terrell Burgess being a guy that could fit in there perfectly and and be kind of this bounce back year. He got injured and we didn't get to see much of him and there's a lot of hype there and and they obviously want to get him on the field and with Jordan Fuller and Taylor Rapp also in that safety position are they going to find a way to get him on the field more Dante Dion a guy I absolutely love and want to see you know get some more action when I saw Troy Hill leave it got me excited about maybe more that meant more Dante Dion Um, and Robert Rochelle he's a long lanky guy so maybe he doesn't fit that position as well but as we talk about Jordan Rodriguez she did a great article about how they came to land on Robert Rochelle and the analytics that brought them to that decision. And really those analytics only brought him to four other players that are like him. So he's a very unique skill set. But if you're trying to get a young rookie on the field, I think that's another interesting place that you can go. Um, Obviously you got guys like uh, Nick Scott 
And uh, who's the other one I'm forgetting? My Michigan guy, David Long Jr. Like he's another guy that you can throw in the mix there. So that's a crowded group for a position that is really important in a pass-heavy league. Uh, I think that battle should be fun to watch because behind Jalen Ramsey and Darius Williams, the number one and two, like, duh, decisions, who's that third guy that's going to come in and get a lot of opportunity on the defense? I I can't wait to see those battles. Yeah, and I have that spot nailed down as well. I'm going to have it ranked a little bit higher than you, which is good because we won't have too much overlap then. But nickel for sure is another option that uh, I'm going to display, I guess, in the next segment. But I'm going to stick on the defensive side of the ball too. And uh, for me here, I'm going with Ed Rusher. You know Leonard Floyd is going to be that edge number one. He's going to be the guy that they have to rely on the most when it comes to creating edge pressure. But outside of him is when it really becomes interesting because now – You have a lot of guys that are more or less just question marks. Is anybody else going to really be able to step up and seize that edge two role? Or is it just going to be, you know, a consistent rotation of guys between Terrell Lewis, who may or may not be able to stay healthy. And we're already getting word out of OTAs here. He's already on the sidelines and getting some extra treatment and stuff like that. So that's probably not a guy that you can rely on to play 17 games now, as well as however many you have to play in the playoffs. You look behind him, Obo Okoronko. That's a guy I'm really high on, but... Again, a lot of injury issues as well, and he's never really been able to be a consistent edge guy that's just consistently week after week showing up as a pass rusher. Is he going to be the next guy up? I'm not sure. Behind him, you got some more question marks, some guys that are maybe a little bit less talented, but can do a little bit of everything. It feels like the Justin Hollins is, you know, he's not going to be an impact pass rusher probably, but can play the run a little bit, can play as a pass rusher every now and again, give guys a chance to go sit down and catch their breath. And then behind him, Chris Garrett, seventh round pick. Is he going to be someone that ultimately steps up here and proves that, you know, he could grab himself some snaps, some somewhat of a role as a 252nd overall pick in his rookie campaign. That would be kind of crazy, but that's why I got the edge spot here. I think it's going to be a very interesting battle to see if anyone else can step up outside of Leonard Floyd, because we know Floyd is going to be the number one guy. We know he's going to be the guy that the Rams need to go notch double digit sacks, but outside of him, Is there going to be anyone else that can step up? And that's not the only position on the defense that is going to be up for grabs because there are a handful more that I know I have listed. I'm sure you probably have at least one more defensive position listed, Brad. We're going to dive into those in the next segment right after the break. While we've got you, you guys can come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find us at QB's MEP at LA underscore Rambling Bear and at Locked on Rams. Do you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. All you have to do is just go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. The fitness industry is incredibly confusing and oversaturated with BS. I'd like to think that my word holds a lot of weight as I've lost 155 pounds over the last two and a half years. Throughout that process, I was on the lookout for the best protein bar. And I'm telling you guys, Built Bar is unlike any other protein bar I've ever tried. They're absolutely delicious. They have a bunch of different flavors and the texture is unlike any other bar. It's out of this world. The bars are also healthy. They're low in calories. They're low in sugar. They have 19 grams of protein per bar. They're high in fiber and they even work for you if you are on a keto diet. 
You'll even get a free cooler with your purchase while the supplies last. All you have to do is just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to the second segment of this Wednesday episode of the Locked on Rams podcast. I'm your host, Sosa Kremenges, and I'm joined by my guy, Brad Motter, on the other line. And we're going to pick right back up where we left off, talking about the most interesting positional battles for the Rams heading into training camp. And I guess even in OTAs right now, it's obviously a little bit more questionable with some guys showing up, some guys not, and, you know, just being very, very early in the offseason. But, Brad, we dove into our two, you know, least interesting amongst the most interesting battles, our number four, number three ranked battles. I'm going to share the floor with you here, my man. You get number two. What is your second most interesting training camp positional battle for the Rams heading into training camp here? I mean, it's funny. These position battles, almost these one and two almost go back to like what we talked about a lot during the draft process. What I talked about over the past two years, I felt like covering the Rams yeah. here. And um, I don't even know where to circle. So I, I'll just say offensive line camp battles because we know mm-hmm. – or we think we know Austin Corbett is the answer at center. Uh, is there anyone pushing him? I don't know. I doubt it's Brian Allen, but do they bring somebody in and they have a camp battle at some point? I keep hoping so. Um, if not, mm-hmm. it's Austin Corbett's job to lose. And then you're looking at, okay, who's filling in at right guard. It sounds like Bobby Evans from everything that we're hearing right now. And that's a big question mark. David Edwards, another question mark. These guys had moments of being able to perform across the line. Obviously we know Andrew Whitworth is, is laced in there, you know, Note boom, is he going at left guard? David Edwards had worked there. We we see that we like note boom better at left tackle when he filled in. I know you guys kind of had that conversation, but just to me, it's almost left guard, right guard, center is just a big question mark. Other than Andrew Whitworth and Rob Havenstein, it should be an open audition for any of those guys to come in. Obviously, you want to get some continuity out the gate you mentioned the other day pff has us ranked as number eight offensive line which is like i don't know Mm -hmm. if i love that or hate that because it's like when we were ranked terribly low they actually did well and it's like if we come (laughs) in ranked high are we gonna do bad and there's so many question marks there still um but i we do got to give these guys credit because at the end of the year if you look back on where some of the struggles were on our team offensive line was not one of the top three things i would have mentioned they played pretty damn well especially once uh Whitworth came back and and filled in um even when he was out you know Nopum did great there at left tackle so I think it's left guard right guard center there's gonna be some mm-hmm. action there right and I hope that they kind of figure it out early because again having that continuity going into the season that confidence for a new quarterback behind there yes he is a veteran but believe me he would like to have some continuity in the offensive line in his first year in L.A. So uh, those three positions, offensive line in general, should be make for some very interesting uh, discussions here on the podcast, some reading material in The Athletic and wherever else it's being covered. Those positions just, I keep scratching my head on, on you know, where it's going and, and, and having confidence in it and seeing it being number eight by PFF, man. Hey, more power to him, but um, yeah, it's kind of a show me, don't tell me at this point with that offensive line. Yeah, I love that selection. I didn't go with O line because I just don't know who's like you know a part of this battle. Like <laughs> right. you mentioned, like who's gonna step up? Is there even anyone that can step up? So it's like questionable. But at the same time, I one hundred percent agree. You know, the O line is probably my largest concern going into the season, at least on the offense for sure. It is, and 
I would love to see like a lot of battles there and try to get the best out of each and every guy. I'm going to go back to the defense, and I think you probably have one of these you know, locked in. I'm going to go with nickel cornerback here. I almost went with another position. I feel like we're both going to have this same position locked in for number one. We'll see. But for me, nickel, you talked about it. You broke it down very well. Is it going to be David Long? Is it going to be... Uh, you know, Dante Dion, who could have a similar career path to a guy like Darius Williams. You know, he's been on practice squads. He's been on different teams. He's been on 53-man rosters. He's kind of bounced back and forth. Is he going to be that kind of a breakout player? Is it going to be David Long, who the Rams drafted in the third round? I want to say it was in 2019 now, uh, either 2019 or 2018. I can't remember, man. It's so hard to remember with these years. But, you know, they love giving these mid-round guys that they draft a year or two or three years prior opportunities to start you talked about the o-line right guard bobby evans third round pick he's now getting a chance to start i would be shocked if it's not david long but at the same time it's got to be a battle it's got to be between long it's got to be between dion you mentioned robert rochelle the rookie the fourth round pick they just drafted maybe he's the guy you know jordan talked about the rams still trying to establish jalen ramsey in the slot this season and if that's the case then somebody's gonna have to play on the boundary maybe rochelle wins on the boundary as opposed to the other guys so I don't know what's going to happen there. I'm super, super intrigued to see what's going to happen. That guy is starting 60, 70% of the snaps in your defense now. Nickel is essentially the new base defense. You hear everybody say it. This position is super, super important. Last year, the Rams had a very good player in Troy Hill step up. Sure, he wasn't the most consistent, but from week to week, he had a very, very talented performance more often than not so you know shout out to him obviously the browns got a good player but now the rams are going to be in search for their next guy there who's to say if that's going to be long dion somebody else it's going to be very interesting to see my man brad that takes us to number one each i got my fingers crossed i hope we don't have the same position here but it would be funny if we do what's your number one most interesting battle (laughs) yeah and i'm actually shocked that we haven't doubled down more on this list at times um, or at least closer on there, but it it makes it fun to hear the different perspective from it. And I got to go with my other big complaint out of the draft and over the past couple of years is, and here we are dealing with it when we talk about position battles is interior linebacker. And uh, I'm looking at, (laughs) I'm looking at, you know, Mike Kaiser and Troy reader at the top list right now. And I don't feel good about that at all, right? Yeah, we we drafted um, Jones at at that, Ernest Jones. We drafted into the middle linebacker in what? Was that the third third round? round. Okay. Um, And is he supposed to just walk in and be the guy from day one? I mean, he sure got a chance. Uh, You also got Justin Holland. You got Kenny Young. You got Traven Howard. Some of these guys coming off injuries. Some of these guys coming off finally seeing some action on this team. But no one was impressive. So I think there is a massive, massive hole for anybody to move up and anybody to compete, right? So who's put in the homework over the offseason? Who's busted their ass over the offseason? Who's going to come in just in incredible shape and running laps around these guys? Is Micah Kaiser healthy? Is Troy Reader taking a step in some of those areas that it seems like he just lacked last year? And whether that was, you know, moving laterally or, or covering, covering the pass. I mean, the man's made a bunch of tackles, but I just don't love him as that core, you know, center of the defense, even though Aaron Donald, we have one of those guys, he's just on the line, which is a little different for some defenses, but Ernest Jones, man, I really hope he comes up and, and impresses and can kind of, 
you know, continue that trend of the Rams hitting in the third round. Uh, just looking, I got the roster here in front of me. He's number 50. I don't know why I love that as a linebacker number. I think back to my high school playing football and our, you know, just our crazy middle linebacker was number 50. And I always saw him, you know, out there. And I just, I feel like that's a good linebacker number Jones. And I hope he mm-hmm. can make the push, but he's going to have the opportunity. And that's what I love about this position. And again, as I mentioned at center with Corbett being there, I'm hoping maybe they bring somebody in late and maybe again in, in the middle linebacker, there's somebody on the market. We can slide in and, and get a good uh, veteran minimum uh, type of pay and have them pay off right away. But that, that is wide open in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, hey, I said it while you were talking. I dropped the boom. We both had yep. inside linebacker here. I had a feeling we would. I knew that even going back to the draft, man, you were hammering the Rams for an ILB. And um makes sense. I mean, they've been kind of putting that position on the back burner for a while. And they did draft Ernest Jones, like you said, in the third round. So they finally invested a little bit into it. That's kind of my assumption is that, you know, they're going to give him every opportunity to seize the job because they don't really have any solidified star player there or anybody that's like truly that guy. They haven't really found that guy yet. So I'm going to guess probably Ernest Jones is going to get a really good shot to start. You know, I've talked about it before with you. Traven Howard, I think, is another guy that they really like and a name that I really like personally as well. I think he's just so much better in coverage than the rest of these guys. And you want to have contrasting skill sets there. You don't want to have two guys that are going to be, you know, like Micah Kaiser and Ernest Jones. Those are linebackers that you wanted in the 90s. Those guys are not (laughs) meant to play together now. And then you don't want two guys that are going to be like Kenny Young and Traven Howard who are just more passive and very coverage-based, I guess you could say. And they're going to be too weak versus the run. So you want to have a nice mix there, one guy that can – play the run, you know, be that Mike linebacker and the guy next to him, the Rams used to call it a Mo linebacker. I don't know if they do anymore. Who's going to be a little bit more passive, a little bit more quick, a little bit more sideline to sideline, a little bit better in coverage. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they divide these reps up. Who's going to win these spots. Do they have anybody in mind that they want to give these first opportunities to my guess is probably Ernest Jones and Traven Howard, but very, very interesting to see. I think the Rams are probably going to go into next season with a better inside linebacker group with just how much competition they're going to have here in training camp going to be one of the most interesting battles for sure and that does wrap it up for our interesting training camp battles in the final segment though we're going to start our new series taking a look at week one for the los angeles rams against the chicago bears and start our breakdown of their entire schedule on a week-by-week basis taking a look at how the rams stack up against their eventual opponents going into this next season folks are you having any car troubles you ever go outside to find your car tires flat or your car won't start Well, you should absolutely check out rockauto.com for your service needs. Rock Auto is a family-owned business, and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You heard me correctly, 20 years. That's two decades, a long time. We know there's no better time than right now to support family-owned businesses with this strange COVID stuff going on. So I urge you guys, if you can, to try and do that. If you're a person who likes to fix things yourself, or you're just a professional who's looking for reliably low prices, you should absolutely check out Rock Auto. All you have to do is just go to their website and check out all their available parts. If your car needs it, I'm betting that they probably have it. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us so they know that we sent you. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, where do the bucks go from here? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment and our initial preview here, our schedule breakdown series My man Brad brought this up and it was a very, very good idea. So we're going to do this on a week-by-week basis and try to get through every single opponent that the Rams have in this season. 
and none other week one the chicago bears versus the los angeles rams at sofi stadium they're opening up for the second time i guess you could say a legitimate grand opening though with fans there it is going to be a sunday night game and if you guys recall the rams and the bears did play last season the rams won that game by a score of 24 to 10 both teams were five and two in terms of the record going into that game and yeah, the scoreline was only a two-score game difference, but I don't know if you guys remember that game. The Rams absolutely dominated that one, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, the Bears' offense looked like an absolute mess. But my man, Brad, I'm going to kick it over to you first. Now, when you look at the Bears, you look at the Rams going into the season, sure, it's early. It's going to be hard to you know properly 100% project what's going to happen, but are there some interesting storylines that you're looking at? Maybe even some players on the Chicago Bears roster that you're kind of keying in on that you have circled going into this week one matchup? Yeah, and I really quick want to touch back on that game because you're right. You look at the score and it's 24-10 and you're thinking, okay, and then you kind of look into it and it was 24-3 to with seven minutes left in that ball game and Jer- I think it was Jared mm-hmm. Goff fumbled uh, and, and Eddie Jackson picked it up and returned it for a touchdown. So their only offense came via the defense and I can't knock it because we're very familiar with that. Um, <laughs> and we got away with that many of times, but uh, they just... They were a it it, it kind of came into that game too. Who's who's the fake five and two? And we found out pretty quick that it was it was the Bears that was the fake five and two, and they they kind of yep. um stumbled past that game a few more times. But they've had just an interesting offseason, man, especially coming from you know being a former Chicago guy and and my brother's a big Chicago guy and and just following that area is you know, they were big questions about Nagy and and Pace, their GM. And, and when it was announced, they were keeping both those guys. Chicago was pissed, right? Oh, man, we're stuck with these guys again. And then it was, what are we doing at the quarterback position? And all of a sudden, they signed Andy Dalton and label him on Twitter and Instagram, QB1. And everyone's like, and we're done again. The season's over. And they end up... Um, Gosh, what was the cornerback? They ended up cutting um, oh, Kyle, Fuller. Kyle Fuller. And it was like Bears are going, what are we doing? We're, we're sticking with this this GM and coach, but we're rebuilding? And what are we doing? <laughs> um, and then the draft comes and it all changes for Bears fans, right? They go, they slide up, they trade up, they get Justin Fields. And all of a sudden, the Bears are going to the NFC Championship again. And everyone's super excited about Chicago and this team. But for the Rams getting them on the schedule early is awesome because we mm-hmm. we spoke of this a little bit before the the show started and we're pretty sure I'm pretty sure that's going to be Andy Dalton week 1 like they promised him a starting role and opportunity and unless and we kind of compared it to that that Seahawks uh back in the day when they drafted Russell Wilson in the offseason they gave Matt Flynn a ton of money coming from the Green Bay Packers he had a couple big games to kind of close the season when Aaron Rodgers was resting up and and then Russ beat him out in camp and they gave him the starting job and he's never looked back. Right. So maybe it's one of those things. And we see a rookie quarterback week one still sign me up. I like that, that, that matchup, especially with our defense, as you mentioned, pro football folks had him ranked as I think four. Um, and I believe that, and I actually could think they can go higher with, you know, the, the talent that we have on that, on that offense. So if we get a rookie quarterback week one on the road with a packed house, I'm loving this opportunity, but the bears, uh, you know, they're stacking themselves up to kind of compete in that division with who knows what's happening with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the Lions now uh, have Jared Goff and they get to see him twice a year. <laughs> you know, I'm sure a lot of Bears fans think that's great. The Vikings 
seem to be just stagnant around this. Are we good? Are we not good thing? So this is another opportunity for the Chicago Bears to win this division and compete and go to the playoffs. So obviously week one, everyone's could potentially be a little bit rusty. We've got a brand new quarterback. Um, lots of storylines here, man. We've played these Bears a handful of times in the past uh, three or four years. We've done pretty well against them, except for, I think, at Chicago. I think it was like 20-something degrees, and, oh, no. and it was a bad, ugly game. But when they come <laughs> out to L.A., we've we've played them pretty well. I saw them at the Coliseum. We saw a win there. It wasn't a pretty game, but we saw a win there. Last year at SoFi, uh, with no fans, dominated the game. So I'm expecting a little bit more of that. But there's a ton of storylines here with the Bears, and it should be interesting. And, and uh, God bless them, because if they get – blown out or that's an ugly game it is going to be one a long season for Andy Dalton if he gets to if he gets to play and start that game and two for just Bears fans as their expectations and excitement is kind of seems to be going north right now uh Rams can put them in check early in week one and you know what's crazy the more I think about how many storylines in this game there are the more like there are it's kind of (laughs) mind-blowing to be honest with you you mentioned that like horrible game that the Rams had against the Bears a few years ago. That was the Jared Goff four or five interception game. Mm-hmm. That was just horrible. One of the worst, I think, in Sean McVay's tenures as the head coach here. Um, but now I look at it like you mentioned it. Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, that has to be the first talking point, the most interesting thing. Which quarterback are you going to go against? And I think there's a positive to both sides. One, you have a rookie quarterback who probably is not going to be ready to go week one. So if he's starting... I mean, they're kind of just tossing him out to the wolves in that regard. Even if he is better than Andy Dalton, I mean, you're talking about a rookie in week one in his first start as an NFL player. That's a lot, you know, of the weight to put on his shoulders. And then you look at the opposite side, Andy Dalton, no offense to him, but he's not a very good quarterback. He's like a (laughs) subpar, lesser version of Jared Goff, a more conservative version of Jared Goff. And I don't think anyone's going to fear that going into this season. So I think the Rams are probably hoping it's going to be Dalton. I think it is going to be Dalton. I just don't think they're going to throw out Justin Fields to the Wolves like that, which is interesting. Then you look at the opposite side for the Rams, Matthew Stafford. This guy played the Chicago Bears two times every single year for 12 years or 11 years, however long he was in Detroit. He knows this team, this franchise, their defense going back to last season or the last few seasons. They've had you know mainly the same coaching staff for the most part he knows their personnel he has a lot of experience playing these guys so that's going to be fun to see and maybe the most interesting thing to me you look at the wide receivers for the chicago bears Allen robinson tremendous player um i think anthony miller is still there unless they did trade him by now or i don't think they did just yet but i think he is being shopped you look at darnell mooney a former fifth round pick i want to say a rookie last year who performed pretty well as a rookie Going against the Rams' corners, you have Darius Williams, you have Jalen Ramsey. Last year, they absolutely shut down the Bears for the most part. But this time around, is it going to be the same? Maybe, maybe not. It's going to be fun to see. And there are a few Bears fans on the internet that have been poking fun at Jalen Ramsey a little bit, calling him Darnell Mooney's son (laughs) because Mooney had, you know, maybe one or two, maybe even three, I can't remember, deep passes where... He beat Darius Williams and he beat Jalen Ramsey and he was overthrown or underthrown or the ball wasn't thrown at all uh, because, you know, Nick Foles was just either getting pressured or whatever the case was. So that was a little bit funny. There was a little bit of a back and forth between Rams fans and Bears fans on Twitter. I kind of like how that little situation is brewing. It's making this almost like a, you know, a divisional matchup, it feels like. So it's going to be very fun to see. And, um, you know, I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen, I think. 
the Rams should be favored pretty significantly going into this one. I haven't looked at the books, but I think they are favored by seven or seven and a half right now, which is, you know, a pretty big line. And obviously there's a lot more time to go between now and week one, but so far it looks like the Rams have a shot to start the season, you know, in a very, very good way. One and oh, opening up grand SoFi stadium to fans and starting this new chapter with Matthew Stafford, a quarterback and a lot of new pieces on offense, defense, the coaching staff, it's going to be a very, very, very fun game to watch. Yeah. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, the fans are going to love it. I'm slamming the Rams to cover if it's at seven, because oh, yeah. I think I saw yeah. something. I was trying to pull it up as you're talking, and I, it was a, a comment in uh, somebody talking trash about Jalen Ramsey and that Mooney thing. Someone was talking trash, and then someone had put a stat that Stafford is like, he's 10 and 14 in his last 14 games versus the bears. So he's got a great recent record versus the bears. I couldn't find the exact stat, but it makes me feel good that he has been on the lions and been beating up the bears regardless. And he feels very comfortable as you mentioned. And you talked about that whole Mooney thing and Jalen Ramsey's been chirping and leaving comments on Instagram. So, you know, he is fired up for this game. And don't forget, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but SoFi Stadium being full, rocking. These mm-hmm. season ticket holders, these crazy fans that we love and adore that we used to see out at the Coliseum that are painting their faces and making, you know, in the parking lot drinking before the game. They have been waiting a year plus to get back into this stadium and to be able to cheer for the Rams. And now they've got this whole new addition with Stafford, Deshaun Jackson, all the pieces. So uh, I'm just stoked to see what that atmosphere is like opening Sunday night football in LA versus a big time name in a team, the Chicago bears versus a rookie quarterback or an Andy Dalton who Andy Dalton now is almost like a broke man's Andy Dalton, which is like a double diss (laughs) to him because he's a broke version of his old self. We saw him play in Dallas and he did a little bit to help those Cowboys and they were really pathetic at the end of the year, but man, I am stoked. You already got, I'm I'm glad we're doing this because I'm already fired up football. I wish Mm -hmm. I was getting off this mic and turning on Sunday night football because I'm ready to see some helmet smash, but can't wait for it. I I got the bears uh, or I got the Rams minus seven easy cover. If that's the case, can't wait for this game. Yeah. It doesn't feel right talking about football right now, man. I feel like you said, turn the screen off and go flick on the game, but uh, it's going to be a while for us to wait um unfortunately but you know it's gonna be fun to watch it's gonna be fun to keep breaking these games down we're gonna slowly bring these in week by week we're gonna try and dive into as many as we can in every episode give you guys a deeper look at who the rams have to play this season and really really get a chance to break down the schedule in depth because it's just so hard to cover in one episode you can't do it so we're gonna break it down over the next few weeks over the next few months you guys are going to really enjoy that and it also helps brad and i really get a good look at you know who these opponents are what they changed going into this offseason and ultimately who the rams are going to see next season it's going to give us a better look at maybe what we can expect the rams to do so it's going to do for this episode my man brad as always i appreciate you for hopping on listeners thank you as always for tuning in to another episode here at the locked on rams podcast just a reminder, you guys can come find us on Twitter at QB's MEP, at LA underscore Rambling Bear, and at Locked on Rams. Make sure to keep checking back in here throughout the rest of the week. We're going to continue our offseason coverage for the Rams all week long. And please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.